Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Let's open up our Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up at the, the screen. Lamentations chapter 3. <clears throat> I've got somewhat of a different message today. Uh, my wife w- kind of kind of inspired this. She doesn't know that, but she does now. But um, she inspires a lot of my, my messages, but whether she knows or not. We call it, what do we call it? Little kachows, <laughs> little kachow of wisdoms and, 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 and just nuggets that she just, God gives her. And uh, I love and appreciate my wife today. Amen. Thank, appreciate her. And, and I'm going to tell you what, she loves this church. I said she loves this church. And uh, she prays for each and every one of you. And I'm, she prays for me. And God knows I need it. Amen. Lamentations, as I know we all do. Lamentations 3 and 22, it is of the Lord's mercy, say the Lord's mercies, that we are not consumed because His compassions, somebody say His compassions, fail not. Let's say that again, because His compassions fail not. Amen. They are new every morning. Man, isn't that awesome? Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Praise God. Really and truly what God desires us to do is to introduce people to the love of God. To the compassion of God. Now, if you see me get a little emotional, it's because that's the power of God. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. And you simply cannot talk about God's love and God's compassion without being moved. I don't care who you are. When you think and talk about a God that died for you and for me, that's the greatest love. Amen and amen. If you're going to help me preach, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Can I just start it out this, this, out this morning like this? God's got an attitude. <laughs> I said God's got an attitude. I didn't say he had a bad attitude, Brother Phelps, but he has an attitude towards us. He has an attitude towards us. And it's an attitude uh, of one of love. We, we read in Jeremiah 31 and 3, it says, Yea. I have loved you with an everlasting love. You simply cannot separate God from his love towards you or I, or for this world. God is love. He gave himself for you and for me because he loved us. You cannot run away from the love of God. It doesn't matter how ruly you are or how bad you are or how good you are or uh, how rich you are, how poor you are. What you do, you simply will never outrun the love of God. 
Amen. He is love, and He loves us with an everlasting love. A love that never ends. A love that will last until the end. When nobody else loves you, God loves you. When you're unlovable, God loves you. And I don't know about you, but I've had moments that I've been unlovable. Amen. I'll say amen to that myself. Amen. I said there have been times where I have been unlovable. Now, I know none of you have been unlovable at any point in your life. I realize that. But there have been times where I've questioned, God, how, are you, how do you still love me through this? But thank God he is a God of love. He has an attitude towards us, and that attitude is, I love you. <coughs> he has an attitude, one of, of kindness. He's gracious, and he's gentle, and he's useful. Uh, he saved us. He, he is kind towards us. He has a, an attitude of humility toward us. We, we listen, if you were here last week, Brother Sparks preached a, a beautiful message. One of the most beautiful messages on, uh, on, on that topic that I've ever heard. One of the best, beautiful descriptions and, and, and explanations, if you will, of that story where Jesus Christ himself began to wash the feet of his disciples as a symbol of humility, that I am not greater than you, but I, I have come to serve, not to be served. We see this spirit of humility from the very beginning to the very end. We see it when Jesus is born. He could have been born in any place, any time. He could have been born in the best and the nicest, but he chose a barn. He chose hay to be his bedding. He chose to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. He is a God that has an attitude of humility towards you and I. Philippians 2 said it like this, but made himself of no reputation, speaking of, of Jesus, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he, everybody say humbled, himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He has an attitude of humility. Praise God. He has an attitude of gentleness. He has dealt gently with sinners. He, he has sought to save sinners. Psalms 18 said, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, or held me up, and your gentleness hath made me great. He's a gentle God. God is not a, uh, someone that is just going to Crushing, that's one of the major, I'd say, major concerns of people who first come into a Pentecostal church is it's going to rub off on me. Well, in one sense of the word, it probably will because when you get into the presence of God, you're going to feel that presence and that spirit. But in the same token, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anybody. He, if you want God, if you want what, what, what he's got to offer, then, then by all means, he, he's willing to give it to you. He desires to, to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He desires for you to live for him and for you and him to have a relationship, but he will not force anybody to serve him. 
It's his desire that all would be saved. It's his desire that everyone would come unto repentance. But it's up to you and I, whether we, what we do and how we do it and when we do it and how much we do it. Praise God. He's a gentle God. Now, I'm think, I thank God for his gentleness because there's been many times that even my, my, my friends or family, uh, you know, they, they've wanted to snatch me up, and I'm sure God has wanted to snatch me up from time to time. And yet I would deserve that. Now, again, nobody here deserves that. I realized it. I like what Brother Sparks said last week. This is all for the live stream. Nobody here, right? But I've deserved that. But thank God he's been gentle to me. Thank God he's been kind to me. Thank God he loves me. And thank God he has a spirit or attitude of, of humility, humility towards me. It is a, an attitude of patience. Oh, this one here is big. He did not quickly respond to our sins with angry judgment. But what he did is he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. In the very act of people killing Jesus, he said, forgive them. Now that's patience. Many of us have received the same or continue to receive the same level of patience when we will tell God, no, no. I don't want to serve you. I, 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 I don't want to do it right now. I'm just, you know, this is, I've got my own life. I've got my own questions. I've got my own issues. And God's saying, hey, I'm here. As Brother Sparks said last week, he stands at the door and he knocks. And he's a patient God because he just keeps on knocking. You and I would have left a long time ago, but he says, no, you're worth too much to me. I've died for you. I've given you everything. And I stand at the door and I knock. God's knocking on some heart's door even here today. But he's patient. It's an attitude that is merciful. He extended his mercy in spite of what we have done. He gives us mercy. Ephesians 2 and 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. He is a God rich in mercy. Brother Adrian and myself, we met with Sebastian and Eddie uh, on Thursday, and we, we, we did a Bible study with them. And, and we began, they began to ask the question about, well, what happens after you sin, after you receive the Holy Ghost and are baptized? And, and inside, I'm thinking, I'm so glad you asked. Because then it gives me an opportunity to tell you about God's mercy. It gives me an opportunity to say, listen, you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up after, the, after you've been baptized in Jesus' name. But God's mercy, it is rich. <coughs> I stand before you here today, not because I have been perfect, but because I have been extended mercy. And it is an attitude of forgiveness. Well, 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, He, speaking of God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, if we will. You see, they require some action on our part. He says, if you will, I will. If you'll come 20% of the way, I'll come 80% if you will. If, you will. if you'll do what you can do, I will do the rest. And thank God he forgives us. Man, I, I, again, I stand here today because I have been forgiven. 
In fact, I know for a fact, this is not just for live stream. Everybody in this building is here because God has forgiven you. If I, if I was given what I deserved, I would not be here today. I'd probably be six foot under if I got what I really deserved. But thanks be to God that he is, he is humble. He has an attitude that loves me. He has an attitude that's gentle. He has an attitude that is a, a forgiving attitude. And I could spend probably so, many, so much time going through each and every one of these. But the last one that I want to really talk about today is his attitude of compassion. This compassion that God has. God saw who we are and who we were. Think about it. He looked as he was walking to that hill, Golgotha. As he was hanging on the cross even, he could see because he's God. He can do all things. He's everywhere at all times. He's God. I know it's above our ways and above our thoughts, but that's, that's who he is. But as he took the stripes upon his back, he saw the people that would sin. Think about the person that is the ruliest, the most disgusting, if you will, if trying to find a, a descriptive word, uh, try to find the, 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 try to find the pedophile. Try to, try to think of the rapist. Think of the murderer. God said, I still love him. I still love him. I still love him. And he had compassion. Because he said, they know not what they do. They know not what they do. He looked at you and he looked at me. And he said, I know what they're going to do. I know what they're going to say. I know what they won't do. But I have compassion towards them. I'll see when they, every time they, they, they ignore the power and the presence of God. I'll see every time that they, they've watched something that really is not wholesome. I, 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 I've seen every time that they have maybe done something wrong to someone else. They've lied. And yet he said, I still have compassion toward them. I still love them. I still care for them. I still have a spirit of humility toward them. Not because of, but despite of who they are. Now, it's hard for us to have compassion. In fact, it's, it's, very, it's very difficult to find people who are truly compassionate in our world. Because so, and I've got caught up into this myself, but we can get so easily caught up in the condemning realm. Because it makes for good conversation. Because we're, in a, we're, we're around people of, 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 a, of a similar thought of, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they would do that. I can't believe they would say that. I can't believe they would go here. I, I, they, they deserve this. They deserve that. Well, let's not talk about what you and I deserve. Ooh. Oh. Isn't it interesting when the tides are turned and we begin to look into that mirror as I had here a couple weeks ago? 
Thank God he's compassionate toward us. Thank God that he loves us so much that he looks at us every day, even through all of our pain, even through all of our issues. And and you know what? Sometimes we're just messed up. I'm just going to put it that way. Sometimes our families are just kind of messed up. It's just kind of different. What's going on? But God says, I still have compassion on you. And thank God for his compassion. According to Webster, it says the word compassion means sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Wow. A sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together, coupled together with a desire to alleviate those problems. Incorporated in the term compassion are the following elements. Pity, empathy, patience, and mercy. The elements of compassion indicates that Jesus himself has pity upon us. He has empathy for us, and he has patience with us. And as we've already read, and he is full of mercy towards us. When he is compassionate, he has mercy upon us. When we say he is compassionate, he has patience towards us. When we say he is compassionate, he is empathetic toward us. He says, despite who you are, I still love you. Despite what you've done, I still care for you. Despite who your family is, I still want to see you saved. Now that's powerful. I said, that's powerful. Because the people we would throw out, God says, bring them in. The people we would dismiss, God says, no, I came to save them too. Just as much as I've come to save you. You may have your nice things. You might have your, 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 your fake pedigree, if you will. But listen, there is no pedigree in the kingdom of God. We're all sinners saved by grace. Sinners saved through the mercy of God. We're all sinners saved because he was compassionate. He was compassionate. So who are we to say who can be saved? None of us. Not one person. Now I may have some opinions and surely we probably do. And surely not everybody can just get away with everything. They're subject to the law, sure. But I've come to tell you that even the, the most rotten sinner should also has the compassion of Jesus as you and I do. We may not want to receive that, but that's the facts. He died for them just as much as he died for you and I. The Bible teaches us about compassion. In line with the dictionary definition of compassion, Jesus has a sympathetic consciousness of our distress. He also has a strong desire to alleviate it. Let me just ask you this. Have you ever gotten yourself in a problem? The key word You've gotten yourself in a problem. Most of my problems are self-inflicted. I can try to blame everybody else I want to. I can look at everybody else, but really, there's, again, there's a mirror looking back. I'm the one that made that decision. I'm the one that made that step. I'm the one that did that or didn't do that. I'm the one to blame. Sounds like I'm not alone in that thought. I, I, I've, I've been there. I mean, most of my problems I've created myself. And that's what's so frustrating. Why was I so, mm, why did I do this? Why did I say that? Has anybody ever said something that you just immediately regret? 
I should have both hands up and feet and toes and whatever else. Because this mouth here has gotten me in more problems. <laughs> this tongue is an unruly member. And out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That's why we, 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 we speak in tongues. People say, well, why do you speak in tongues? Because this tongue right here has the power to create and to destroy. And if it is the un most unruly member, God says, give me that un most unruly member and let me put it into subjection with the power of God. That's why we speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing, it is different perhaps to some, but it's nothing crazy. It is the divine will of God. It's an unruly member. I've gotten myself in so many problems with this mouth of mine. Now, I know that was just for live stream. I'm going I'm to keep saying that because I love it. But he has a strong desire to alleviate our problems. Well, God, I created this. He has a strong desire to alleviate it. Well, I, I, I kind of got myself in a He still has a strong desire to alleviate it. In fact, he goes as far as this, and he says in 1 Peter, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I said he cares for you. So many people get it mixed up. They say, well, I'm going to give God the best of me. Listen, there is no best of you, if you will. We're, we're nothing but rags, if you will, in the comparison. But he says, hey, give me everything of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, because I care for you. Well, I got to hold on to this. I got to take care of this myself. God didn't do this. I did this. It does not matter. He has compassion toward you. He says, casting not just some of your care, but casting your care upon him. Compassion is not an expression of weakness. It is a strong, positive force. It is ever energized by love, filled with passion, and given to action. God just doesn't say he's compassionate, but he offers action behind his compassion. That's why we say, hey, lift up your hands. Because this is a, as I've said earlier, this is a recognized sign of surrender. If you've got a gun and, a, and a, a, an officer is after you, they're going to say, put your hands up. Why? Man, this is surrender. I'm giving it up. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm no longer in control of what I'm doing. That's what God says. If you will just lift your hands and, and, and physically and spiritually give everything to me, cast all your care, not some, all. Well, I'm uncertain. Well, I'm, I've, I've done this. You don't understand what, I, what I'm into right now. All your care. Every bit of it. Praise God. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Because I'm going to tell you what, we need compassion more than ever before. We need the compassion of God upon our lives. The Bible teaches us the importance of being compassionate. There's a huge need for compassion in our world. Let me just say this. We need to be very careful. And I'm talking to myself first, you second. We need to be very careful how we talk about this world, people, or even leadership. We need to be very careful what we say and how we characterize them. Because we are separate from this world, not just in holiness, but in attitude and in spirit 
and in compassion. We're not just Christ-like in a few things, but we ought to be Christ-like in all things. And we don't talk like the world talks. Now, I'm not talking about just in cursing and all this, but we don't talk and characterize people the way they characterize and talk about people. Well, I've got strong opinions. Well, I'm going to tell you how I was taught. If you don't have anything good to say, just don't say it at all. The way Brother Caldwell would say it from time to time is, and, and I don't mean any disrespect, but this is how he would say it. If you don't have anything good to say, shut up. The kids aren't in here today, so I can use that word. Praise God. That's what he would say. That's what, because listen, if we don't have anything good to say, we're people of God. We need, to, we need to be glorifying everything that he's about. And so when you're tempted to think, well, this person here, this person that, you know what we really should do? We should really step back and say, but you know what? God still loves them and cares for them, and that's why I'm going to pray for them. Hmm. Well, it's, it's truth anyhow. However, even though we need compassion in our world, the truth is that sometimes our compassion is non-existent. As other times, at other times, our compassion is a thin veneer that covers up inward callousness and insensitivity. Sometimes our compassion is so shallow. And there are spiritual enemies which uh, siphon off our compassion. And those thieves are the following, pride. Pride is a thief of compassion. Greed is a thief of compassion. Envy is a thief of compassion. Jealousy is a thief of compassion. Selfishness is a thief of compassion. These are enemies. Must, these enemies must be attacked through prayer and through fasting and the application of the Word of God in our daily lives. We need to regularly seek the Lord to soften our hearts and to fill us with His compassion. I'm going to tell you what, there's some situations, there's some people I don't understand. I don't get, I don't understand their actions, I don't understand their spirit, I don't understand their attitude, and a lot of them I don't agree with. And I don't think it's wrong saying I don't agree with it. I don't condone it, but I love you just as much. I love you as God loves you. There's a lot of things that I don't agree with, a lot of people perhaps that I don't agree with, but what we do need is we need a good dose of compassion in our hearts that says, you know what, soften my heart, soften my attitude, soften my responses to them. Because as we judge them, that's how exactly we will be judged. The reality is that every single one of us could be in the same shoes as them in just a, just a snap of a finger. You're, you're not invincible. You may call yourself Superman, but listen, you're still flesh. Praise God. The comparisons of Jesus, the compassions of Jesus are different than human compassion. The compassions of Jesus are not just a veneer. They are not vapor thin or they are not shallow. The compassions of Jesus run deeper than the greatest canyon or the deepest gorge of a human need. And I want you to notice with me in Lamentations, that verse that we read, the scripture's estimate of God's compassion. I'm going to reread it. The Lord's mercies. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. I'm going to pause right there. It is because of God that you are here today. Oh, 
Oh, all it would take is God saying, it's over. And we'd be dead. He's God. He's in control of everything. I said, he's in control of it all. I, I, I may not be here tomorrow. If God so decides it, that, that today's my last day. I don't want that to happen, but if that happens, that's what God decides. And it's because of his mercies that we are not consumed. And so when I look at even the rotten sinner, the, the, I even hate using that word because that's not how I look at them, but some people do. When I look at that person, that man, they don't deserve. What I really should say is, but I don't deserve. I don't deserve it either. I don't deserve the mercy God's given me, but thank God he's given it to me. Thank God he loves me enough that he's willing to love me, to show compassion towards me. And it's because of his mercies that I'm here and that you're here. Because, listen to this, verse 22, if you can throw that up there, uh, Lamentations 3.22, because his compassions, say that with me, fail not, not compassion. I think it's important that we recognize this is a plural word, not a singular word. The blunt truth of this verse is that only God's mercy and compassions stand between us and our destruction. However, the compassions of Jesus, they fail not. This means that they, he will never run out of compassion. Man, that's powerful to think about. His compassions are fresh every morning, the Word of God says. His compassion is new. When you go to bed at night, tonight, and you wake up in the morning, He has a fresh dose of compassion. Man, that's powerful right there. But you don't know what I've done today. God still is going to wake you. You're going to wake up, and he's going to have a fresh dose of compassion. He's going to say, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I love them. I still want to see them say, but I, I've sinned even against, I, I've sinned, God. I've got myself in a pickle. I still have a fresh dose of compassion to you. I still want to see you dedicate your life to me. I still want, I'm trying to reach for you. I still want to have a relationship with you. When we are awake, there is a fresh supply of compassions just waiting for us. That word, that, that, that plural application is not accidental. Jeremiah's use of that Hebrew word, compassion, is not incidental. We need to know that the good Lord has multiple compassions available for us. And don't you and I need multiple compassions? Because I don't need just compassion over one part of my life. I need compassion over every part of my life. I don't just need compassion over my mouth. I need compassion over my actions and, and what I don't do and what I, I need compassions. We need multiple doses. We need gazillions of compassionate responses from God. We need the Lord to be compassionate toward us. And his compassions are readily available to us. His love is so deep. His love is so rich. That's truly what he wants. He wants you to love him. He, he loves you and he wants you to love him. He wants that love to be reciprocated. That's all he's asking. That's all he desires. He's saying, would you love me? Would you seek first the kingdom of God and then seek after the job? Would you seek after the kingdom of God and then seek after the relationship? Oh, 
That hit some, something right there. Seek after God and then seek after everything. And everything else will work out. Matthew 9 and 36. And he was moved with compassion on them. Jesus went through all the towns and the villages. If you keep that one up just for a moment. He would go through all the towns and the villages and he would begin to teach and he would begin to preach. He would, he would see big groups of people because he was healing people. He was touching people. By the way, we still believe in God's healing power. Anybody know that God's a healer? He's still a healer today. It wasn't just for back in the Bible times. He still can heal people today. But he's going around. He's healing people. So people are flocking. He's, he's talking words of wisdom. They're, they're amazed about the words. And, and they're hearing the compassion in his voice. They're hearing the love in his voice. They're, 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 they're feeling something. What they're feeling is the spirit of God. I know the Holy Ghost hadn't been poured out yet, but I believe even in the Old Testament that Holy Ghost power was being felt by multiple people. And I think we see that represented in Scripture. But they're feeling that Spirit of God. They're feeling that compassion, that love. And, and, and here he says that he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He looked at this group of people and he said, Oh God, help them. They know not what they do. They're like sheep having no shepherd, just aimlessly running around, doing their business, doing their things, doing, going here, taking, taking possession of that and, and striving to get more promotion here and striving to, to gain more here. And God's saying all the while, Oh God. They're like sheep that have no shepherd if they only knew my compassion towards them. I'm closing in just a moment with this. But in, in the book of John, chapter 8, I won't read the whole thing, but we find a, Sister Christian, as you, as you begin to come, give him, as Brother Sparks, I think, said, give him some hope. Praise God. John 8 and verse 3 we read of a story of a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. How embarrassing. Think about it. So she was caught in the act of adultery. How embarrassing and how mm, uh, wrong of them to go around trying to find fault. It's not my job to go around and follow you around and watch what you do. It's not your job to follow people around and see what they do and how they do it. And bless God, they're sinning. They're just crazy. They say they're one thing at church. And I know what some people say is, well, I don't go to church because they're nothing but hypocrites. And I say, well, you'll go to the football game with them. You'll go to the bar with them. There's hypocrites there too. Here this woman is caught in the act of adultery. Sin. Sure. She was, she was sinning. And these, these men began to, these Pharisees would bring this woman taken in adultery. And they would find Jesus. And they would cast her at the feet 
of Jesus, that they would begin to condemn her, point fingers at her. They would accuse her. And I don't have a stone here today. I was going to get one, but I I forgot. But give me my water because I need a drink anyhow. This will be our stone. Here this woman is before the feet of Jesus. And you got these Pharisees with these stones. Big enough, I believe, that was going to kill her. Big enough. I'm not talking about little pebbles. But they had intention to completely destroy her. They said, Jesus, don't you know what the law says? Don't you know what, what, what we're supposed to do here? You know what Jesus turns to him and says? I believe in that very moment he looked at this woman guilty. Guilty. Guilty as charged. But then mercy walked in. But then mercy walked in. And Jesus looks at those Pharisees and he says, The one that's committed no sin, you cast the first stone. Those Pharisees, those people, those men began to think, Well, I'm guilty. Maybe not of adultery, but I'm guilty. And the Bible says that they began to drop those stones. One by one God looked at that woman and said I have compassion I know what the law I know what it says I know what's supposed to be done here I know we're supposed to just throw them out I know we're just supposed to you know what I know but she's like a sheep that has no shepherd she's like a lamb that's just stray she's just she's just kind of going around she really doesn't know what she is doing let's all stand today Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His compassion. Everybody under the sound of my voice, if you get what you deserve, we would all be in the same place. But I believe that there's mercy that's just walked into this building. And a good dose of compassions. Not just compassion, but compassions. You see, Jesus is not only compassionate, but he's approachable. Hear me today. As I'm almost finished, I promise. But Hebrews 4 and 14 says, Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. What is that saying? He feels what you're going through. He knows the pain, the problems, the anxiety, the stress, the fear, the issues, the sin. He he knows all of this. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, some would say, you need to go to the pastor. You need to go to a man and begin to talk with him and let him talk with God. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, come 
boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Not only is God compassionate, but He is approachable. Can we lift our hands right now as our eyes are closed and we just begin to pray? This altar is open. I'm going to invite you to come and just lift your hands and talk with God today. God is approachable. He cares for you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you today. He could wait forever. He could wait forever. However, we cannot wait forever. One of these days, we're going to run out of time. One of these days, you will have a message to respond to. You will have an altar to go to. But while there is an altar of prayer, I encourage you to come and to lift up your hands and begin to magnify God and say, God, thank you for being compassionate towards me. Thank you, God, for caring for me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. We honor you. We glorify you. Come on, somebody seek the Lord while he may be found. He's near unto us, but we must call out to him and say, God, help me. I'm in need of compassion. I'm in need of some mercy. I'm in need, oh God, of that patience. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of us need to begin to pray, God, fill my heart with compassion. Fill my heart with compassion for people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help me, God, to see people as you have seen people. Help me, God, to love as you have loved people. Oh, God, help us, Jesus, to have compassion. Compassion upon your people, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead, sister. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's because of your grace. It's because of your compassion. God, help me to have compassion upon my family. Help me, God, to have the compassion of you, Lord. Let them see you in me. Let them see you in me, God. Oh, come on, church. Hallelujah. The only visible representation of God that our our family and friends can see is you and I. Hallelujah. We are the hands. We are the feet. We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 My God. My God. 
Come on, there's no need for you to feel condemned today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you'll just lift up your voice, if you'll lift up your hands and begin to talk to your master, your creator. Oh, there's no reason to be condemned. God's here. Hallelujah. He's looking at you with full of compassion. Saying, oh, I desire a relationship. I desire a relationship. says when I could talk bad about him I'm not going to do that I refuse to do that but I'm going to choose to pray for them on compassion says when I could spread rumors about him I'm not going to do that I'm going to have compassion toward them I'm going to love them I'm going to care for them hallelujah 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 when somebody does me wrong I'm going to have compassion when they talk behind my back, I'm going to have compassion. I'm going to have compassion. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. right now. I know you've been praying, but I want us to lift our hands one last time. I feel there's somebody in this place that God's talking to. God would not give me this. Hallelujah. If it was not for somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what someone or what people have told you, but God loves you. God cares for you. And He's reaching for you today. He's talking to your heart. He's saying, I love you. I'm reaching for you. I'm tugging at your heart. Why? Why, God? Because I love you and I have compassion. I see where you're headed. I see where you're headed and, I, and I'm trying to save you. Hallelujah. Can we just begin to lift our voices right now and pray? Hallelujah, 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 halleluj